This is your invitation to the intersection of versatility and design. The kind of experience you can only find in a Lexus SUV. A feeling this empowering is invite only. Fortunately, you're invited. Experience the versatility of the complete line of Lexus SUVs and some of the best offers of the year on select models at the Invitation to Lexus sales event, now through April 1st. Experience amazing at your Lexus dealer. This is Jenny Allen, and you are listening to the Made for This podcast. Thanks to KiwiCo for supporting Made for This. KiwiCo delivers monthly science and art projects that celebrate a child's natural curiosity and sparks a love for lifelong learning. With KiwiCo, kids will explore different STEAM topics each month, ranging from rainbows to rocket ships and everything in between. Get 30% off your first month, plus free shipping on any crate line with code MADEFORTHIS at KiwiCo.com. Hey, I'm really glad that you have joined us today for this really cool, interesting episode that I think you're going to love because it's going to give you some background info into the conversations and the history that Jenny dove into as she was researching for Find Your People. It was Jenny's heart to capture the depth and the richness and the beauty of other cultures in the world that really do deep connection and meaningful relationships just differently and frankly, maybe better than we do. And two of those people that you'll remember for the book is Helen Mutamale and Lila De La Garza. And both of them you'll hear in this episode. And we just want to let you in on these stories because we have a lot to learn from them. So here you go. Enjoy these conversations with Jenny and Helen Mutamale and Lila De La Garza. Hi, Helen. I would love to know real quickly, I guess, let me know where you grew up and where you live now. So I grew up in India, in a small town. My parents are missionaries in India, born in 1962 and uh, got married in 84. So I was just 21, entering into 22. Uh, Came here to the United States in 85. So ever since, and Joel was born in 85, so... There goes my journey from India to here. Where did you move to here when you came? And and did you speak English? Yes, yes. So the medium of instruction was English when I was growing up. For the first few years, it was medium of instruction was Telugu, uh, our native language. Then, you know, in college and everything, it was out of English. So where did you move when you moved to the U.S.? Came to Chicago, landed in Chicago, and went to school for nursing school in Chicago for two years. So I had my bachelor's in science and bachelor's in education when I came to the States. So then I embarked on nursing school uh, that was bachelor's in nursing at Russian University. Then I had Joel and then after five years I had my twins. So life got busy. Then I got my master's um, 10 years, 11 years ago. So I'm a nurse practitioner now. I'm curious about community differences that you see in America versus India. And then also Joel talked about you living in a community of people of similar background to you and what that has been like, like how, what, because I really think people in America don't understand what it means to be truly part of each other's lives in a village and taking care of each other. And I really want that to change. But what were some of the differences that you saw in India versus America with regards to how people did life together? 
so my mother, she came in uh, 1976 to United States and, and she stayed in Kansas in a small town and she stayed with a pastor's family. So for her, she thought, you know, American community was good and, you know, she felt welcomed and, you know, people loved on her and all that. So when I came to America, the first thing I stepped into, I, I'll just give you my very candid experience that I had. Uh, so I was 21, entering into 22, came alone. I was pregnant, one month pregnant, and I came. And I was very, like 90 pounds, and I, I you know, very small. And I had these two big suitcases that I had to lift from the, you know, the belt, right? And I couldn't, and I was standing there. And here my mom gave me this picture of America as like people are very helpful and this and that. And I was standing there, not one soul helped me to get the luggage out of the mm. So I was shocked. That was my first cultural shock that I had because in India people will, you know, just come and, you know, chime in and help, when, especially a girl is stranded with you no know, help, you know. The, the men will come running helping. And here I am. Who should I ask for? Who should I ask for help? And then one gentleman came and he said, oh, do you, lady, do you, do you need some help to get this? I said, yes. So he helped me get a cart and I was new. I did not know how to get a cart out of the you know, place. And so he helped me and I was so thankful for that. When you think back to your home in India and people in your life, like talk about the different types of people in your life. What did it look like day in and day out? So people in India, so my family, my, uh, my dad is uh, just one son to my grandma and uh, she adopted another girl. So she was, that's from my dad's side, you know, I only have two relatives. But from my mom's side, she came from a big family. She had uh, nine siblings. So we were so close. Oh, this, my, we don't call them cousins. All my aunts, you know, daughters, they're all sisters to me. Their sons are brothers to me. We, never, we did not know the term cousin. When I came to this country, oh, no, that's not your brother, that's your cousin. And I was like, what is the difference between a cousin and a sister? Oh, that's so, so sweet. So, so even till today, I tell my sisters that, you know, their children, you know, they, and uh, they, when they correct, and I said, no, we never had that difference before. You know, you're still sisters and brothers, you know, we, we don't have that difference. Um, so that was uh, that was kind of difficult for me because all, I left all my age mates, my cousins, you know, my sisters and brothers that I called, but all my age mates, you know, and we shared so many things and we played together. We had spent vacations together and it was a beautiful thing. And, and I still miss them. I, I still call them even till today and every so often, very frequently, actually every week. We keep in touch. Coming here, I was alone at that time. I did not have, and 35 years ago, things were different. We did not have uh, the telephone facilities, nor the Zoom, nor the you know WhatsApp. Nothing to come. So everything communication was with letters at that time. When you settled in Chicago and you found other Indian Americans that had immigrated. Was there a comfort in that? Just food and tradition and what, what did that look like? Absolutely, because every Sunday we would have potluck after church. So that was comforting. And then every Friday evenings at the cottage prayer meeting, we call them cottage prayer meetings, they would have that. And then they would, because I was pregnant, they would cook food and drink to me. So that was there. And then in, in Chicago, there was a big Indian community presence there and also Indian stores. So my husband would take me to, you know, these places and groceries, everything. So basically I did not miss the food at all. 
And my mother would send even till today, 35 years, I never bought one spice from here. <laughs> all my curry powder, my turmeric, all the spices come from India. So I did not miss the food at all. What I miss mostly about India is the people and the functions and, and even, I mean, yeah, you know, all the different things that we do for the festivities and stuff like that. That's what I miss. Give me an example of what some of the festivities are in India that so, you miss. For like for weddings, you know, and weddings is a big thing. So it's like a whole week celebration. But we do uh, like a whole week of celebration. Every evening, somebody will take you and, and they say bridal shower. It's actually a shower. You know, they put this turmeric and different kinds of condiments and um, stuff that they, you know, grind and, and they, you know, how they prepared Esther for, for her entrance to the presence of the king. So that's how they do it. And they actually prepare the girl for seven days. For me, I had like three baths a day. Three times they were like a rubbing. I had a fever on my wedding day because of that. But they prepare you like that. So, and then every evening there's a big celebration, you know, singing and, and these elderly ladies coming and giving you instructions and praying over you, preparing you for this big day. So, and all those festivities I, you know, I used to miss. And birthdays were a big thing in my family. My mother used to, if it was, was my birthday, everybody else get the new clothes. You know, same, she used to, she was a seamstress, so she used to make clothes for all of us. And that, that intimacy, that sharing and laughing and, and doing vacations, summer vacations, spending with all the cousins and everything, that, that was, I miss that a lot. What do you think the difference is here? Why do you think we don't value that the way that you do? So I'm traveling now a lot into the smaller towns, in, like I live in Indiana. And I think those values are still the same in the, in the rural areas. Because people are mm. still getting together. I, I hear these elderly ladies tell me, oh, you know, I moved here because my children are around here. So they're all living close by. So that's how we used to live. We were all, you know, close by. But in the cities, I think it's probably because of the busyness of work. It's hard for me to pinpoint, but there are so many things that factor into it. I think it is the work, it is the mother also working, both parents working is one thing. And then the distance from your home to workplace is another thing. They don't have time. Children in so many activities, you know, uh, it is like a rat race. You know, every parent thinks, oh, my children should be in this, 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 you know, this many activities. So all those things take priority over building intimacy. And now I can talk about technology and that is, has literally shattered our communication. I did not get my children cell phones until they were in last year of high school. But now the children have cell phones and iPads at the very, you know, two years, three years, they already have it. So Do you think that changed anything in India too? In the rural areas, probably the accessibility to technology is not so much. Although, you know, most of the youngsters, like I, I see the young boys and girls having cell phones, uh, but not, it has not come to the iPads. They cannot afford that. But in the cities, the, the trend is going in India. Uh, so there's a word Americans like to use a lot called boundaries. Like we build bound, healthy boundaries with people. And again, I don't think it's an all negative term, but was that even a word in India? Like, can you imagine having that? And what, what did that word mean with relationships? I don't think we have boundaries. <laughs> in all honesty, 
Nowadays, because again, people are, you know, more, um, you know, working and, you know, making more money and all that. So I think things have changed a little bit. They're becoming silent, just like here and not embracing before. Nobody has to call you and nobody has to knock on the door. Nobody, they just come in and they just, just say, okay, we are here. That's it. You know, we had food at all times. Anybody comes in, we have to give them dinner, breakfast, whatever time they come, you serve them tea. If they come at four o'clock, you serve them tea and biscuits. If they come for around six, seven o'clock, you serve them dinner. That is expected. And now things have changed. We are not cooking at home. People are ordering food outside. They're still feeding them, but you know, ordered food. You know, you order food from outside because again, it's the busyness. Like even in India, it's infiltrating the busyness. I think I don't know. Maybe it's a phenomenon worldwide. If you could say something to Americans that feel lonely, that feel isolated, what would you suggest that they do? What could we do differently to build that? community better into our lives and learn from the way that you were raised? So Jenny, let me tell you, because I'm a nurse practitioner and I visit a lot of elderly people and most of them are in their 80s and 90s. I'll give you an example. I saw a guy just two days ago and uh, he did not have any family. Okay. I saw him last year. His demeanor was different, you know, and this year I, I expected the same thing, but he was so gruff and rough and he just wanted to bite anybody who entered the door kind of thing. And I said, you know, something changed. You know, you were not like this last year. You know, something changed. He said, I don't have anybody. He started complaining. He said, I don't have my relatives. I don't have friends. I don't have anybody. No, I cannot drive. Nobody wants to take me to the doctors. You know, I have this ear pain, severe ear pain. Nobody's there for me to help. So some, and, and that is just one example. Why? I do not know. Maybe it is again those nuclear families probably or maybe he did not have maintained the relationships i cannot judge that maybe he did not have anybody and i see a lot of people with nobody to fall back on you know nobody to you know they're again you said the right word boundaries maybe they, they said boundaries this is my comfort zone i don't want anybody in this circle you know uh, if anybody comes, enters into this circle, you know, they're going to take a part of me or my independence is gone or they're going to invade my privacy or whatever. And that's why they, they close themselves and not embracing anybody. And a lot of people are not going to church. They, they again, they, the, the belief system is like, oh, church is, you know, hypocritical. You know, they, they, they just talk, but they don't, they, they don't show the love that, you know, they're there just for money. I, I see a lot of uh, elderly people talk about that when I talk about God. They said, oh, churches, you know, they're just there to get our money. So there are misconceptions about church. There are misconceptions about relationships, the experiences that they have. So I want to tell the American people just to have open mind and to embrace people. It is like, if you want to want a good friend, you be the friend, right? I teach my children that, you know, if you want, you, you say, oh, I don't have friends. No, 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 you be the friend. And then friends will follow you because of how you, you know, present yourself, how you establish relationships. I think it's all about relationships. Growing in India, it's, it's um, we, we put a lot of emphasis on relationships. It does not matter, you know, a person may hurt you or whatever, you know, over time you forgive and then, you know, don't be too hard, but don't put too hard boundaries. So people change over time, you know, and embrace. But again, I'm not saying that you go into be vulnerable, get into that trap again. 
but at least you know give them a chance to come back and, and build that relationship so be open-minded and let people into your circle and be that friend you want to have do you think we have to change our view on it do you think we have to let more people in even after they hurt us like do you think it's a a choice that we just got to make and and keep making to have open doors and to bring people in our homes and lives is it as simple as that or is it deeper where we need to really change the where we live maybe or you know like change big things so i think you know there are some people that are in in our lives in everybody's lives that are dangerous right I'm not saying to continue in those relationships to, you know, uh, that will harm you in any way. But I'm saying give grace to people who ask for forgiveness or even if they don't ask. I forgive so many people in my life that, you know, directly or indirectly hurt me. That peace comes over you. It is like eating poison yourself and expecting the other person to die. You know, that is not, it's not going to work. So it, it is like, keep the harmful people at bay and just you know be you know be safe but at the same time don't shun them completely the other thing is then you need to there are layers of people that in your come life that is inner circle people there are mm-hmm. little bit outer circle medium circle outer circle people so you need to have different layers of people that you can rely on so in case if you if you want to go to the hospital who do you call your immediate inner circle person you know that person is available right so sometimes with our own attitudes, we push people away. Um, so everybody's scared. And again, people who don't have these friendships are also live in fear, always live in fear that somebody is going to take advantage of them or somebody is going to come and, you know, do whatever. You know, maybe they had bad experiences or whatever. So that is what the fear of that is kind of crippling. Uh, people. From mm, that's so interesting. It's almost like if, if they're in the ring of circles, they've pushed everybody out into the outer circles. And when they really need somebody on that inner circle, they're not there. Yes. Because yeah. of boundaries. Yes. My two oldest sons ask a lot of questions, like a lot. So why do flowers bloom? Why is the day longer? Why is it warmer now? Is it almost Halloween yet? So spring brings along a lot of new curiosity and a chance for kids to connect with the world around them. And what we love about KiwiCo is that it delivers monthly science and art projects that celebrate your child's natural curiosity and sparks a love for lifelong learning. And there are subscription lines for kids of all ages. So there are subscriptions for infants, preschoolers, all the way up to teens. And grownups are welcome to join in on the fun too. It's been so fun to watch Gray discover engineering and mechanics behind everyday objects and science and chemistry of cooking, geography, culture. Like your child can get super cool hands-on science, art, and geography projects delivered right to their door every month. And what kid doesn't love to get surprise mail? The day the box arrives will be their favorite day of the month. KiwiCo truly gives your kids the tools to learn new skills, build new experiences, and make new connections to the broader world. Step into spring and celebrate the season of discovery with a KiwiCo subscription. Get 30% off your first month, plus free shipping on any crate line with code MADEFORTHIS at KiwiCo.com. That's 30% off your first month at K-I-W-I-C-O.com, promo code MADEFORTHIS. Okay, guys, here is part two of these really special conversations.
So thanks so much, Lila, for coming today. Thank you. Thank you for inviting me. And so why don't we start with just a little bit about where you live and your family and what your life is like today? Okay, yeah. So um, I was born in Monterey, Mexico, and this is where I live. This is where I'm at right now. And I've lived here my whole life, pretty much. I'm the youngest of five siblings. I have a, a brother who I met when I was seven years old, and he was 14. So he's seven years older than me. Uh, he's my, my dad's son. So that's like a whole other story. But I and we uh, cannot imagine our life without him in our life. My whole family is it's it's crazy, but I'm I love I love them. Yeah, my one of my brothers lives in Mexico City, uh, and the rest of us live here in Monterey. And yeah, we live pretty close to each other. Um, right about now, I'm seeing one of my brothers and sisters' house because they share like this land, and I live in the other neighborhood, so I can see their homes through my. Uh, through my room so that's that's mm. funny we we yell to each other like we we go out the window <laughs> and we're like hey so <laughs> neighbors know that we have family around yeah talk just a little bit about that value of coming together and families and meals and parties for you and for your family Yes, yes. I think it's it's our culture, like that's um, our Mexican culture, and I, and I can say Mexican, um, not not just because I'm Mexican, but because I have uh, friends from all over Latin America. We we we've actually uh, kind of adopted three families: one from Cuba, one from Venezuela, and one from Argentina. They actually get to spend um, well before COVID, but every Sunday with us and and my big family, um, we get to spend. Christmases together, birthdays together, um, and 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 they tell us that that they felt weird when they came to Mexico for the first time because everyone was like, "Oh, come inside my house and you can you know take whatever you want from my fridge," and they were like, "Are, are you sure?" and and yeah, like like that that's Mexican and that's Latin um, people. We love being with family and we love just living our lives with other people and, and, and making them part of our lives. Um, so yeah, like for example, in my family, so it's, it's not just that when you get married, you make your own family and, and you move away and, and, you know, that's what you would expect. Maybe like, like you have kids and they grow up and you're like, okay, they will go on their own way. But here in Mexico, it's like, no, you bring your husband, your wife, you bring your kids and then the kids of your kids and the kids of your kids. And then their boyfriends and girlfriends, their friends <laughs> are on the table. So that's why uh, like my family, we always are like, we're 24, 25 people always. And then we bring along more of our friends and the friends of my nieces and the friends of my nephews. And so we, we like that. And so that, that's how we, we do life. And yes, we're always making carne asada, like barbecues. Well, that, 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 I think that's a thing. Like every weekend we will, you know, bring food. We love food. We love music. So it would be loud it will be packed of food and it will be packed of people. Mm, I want to come one day. Talk about just even raising, you know, a child in that and what that feels like and what, what benefit it is to have aunts and uncles and, and grandparents a part of your kids' lives. Okay, so he was born in December 17. So it was a week later that it was Christmas Day. He was only a week old 
and he was at my parents' house with this, uh, with my whole family that I'm telling you about, like 24 people, plus Argentinian family, plus my Venezuela family. And it was loud. So I'm telling you, it's once you're born, like you're born in this thing, you know, like you're a part of this, of this craziness. But it, it, it's been so good to me. Um, and now that I'm a mom, to see him find love in other people and find like affirmation in other people that is not just me. It's just, you know, people who remind you of, of the truth, you know, the truth of, of Jesus. I'm, I'm, I'm glad that he's going to grow up surrounded with people who will love on him and he, who will remind him um, that Jesus is his friend, that God loves him, that God made him, that his life has a purpose. And, and even in the practical things, Jenny, like I get to work full time. So sometimes it's hard for me because, you know, I have him and, and he wants to be with me all the time. And I find it practical that my sister and my brother lives in, in front of me, like in front of my, my neighborhood and, and he can go and play with them. And I know he will be taken care of like I will take care of him, you know, and I mm. think he will have a great time. And I, I, I know that, that he's going to be just loved and it, it's, it's good for him, you know, to see how other, even other families interact, because even though we are really um, like close to each other, you know, every family is different. So it's good to, to, to learn from other people. I love having um, in my circle of, of friends and, and family, people that are, either older than me or younger than me, because I learned from both. I learned from people who have older kids and, and they are telling me their input of how they lived their lives with when with their kids when they were toddlers, with their husbands. And, and, and sometimes I think we, we have this lie that we can do everything on our own and that we can't ask for help and that that would make us look weak. You know, it's, it's, it's not true at all. It, it makes us stronger it, and it, it makes us healthier to ask for help and to know what other people think about our circumstance or, or what we can do or what we can learn. And it helps us sometimes, you know, just breathe. Like I, I know if, for example, for me in this time, if if someone takes care of Leo and maybe it's not even a, a meeting that I have to attend, it's just mm. 10 minutes that I need to breathe. Like I need some time for my relationship with Jesus and I need to be with him without my, my son singing who I absolutely love and I enjoy, but I like, I need my time. I need a cup of coffee and reading my Bible. And if a friend or a family member can help me with that, that's amazing. But there's this lie that we've uh, believed, I think, that that we can't ask for help. And when it comes mm. to community, I see Jesus and, and he is the perfect example. Um, like he was in Gethsemane. He asked his friends for prayer, you know, like, can you pray with me? Can you can you stay up? And sometimes we need those friends who can stay up with us, you know, like in the middle of the night when we when we want to find answers or when we need to know that we have someone on our side either praying for us or just like touching our backs and saying it's going to be okay like we we need those people around mm -hmm. us and Jesus had that and and if he had that and if he asked for that is because i think that he knew that we needed that he exemplifies that in a perfect way uh because he had people along with him like 
on the path and in the table. Like he would share his meals. He would share food. He would celebrate with people in weddings and, and you know, like parties and celebrations, but he would also cry with people. So it's like, I'm always invited to check my circle and see who I'm listening to, who I'm asking help to, who I'm also helping, you know, because that's how it works. Like uh, uh, we get served, but we, we also serve, like we get loved and we find love, but we also get to love. Boundaries. That's a word that we use a lot in America. Is that a word in Mexico? Like, do you have boundaries with your family? If so, what does that look like? Or is that like all your doors wide open? Like anybody come in? Like, how does that work? Yeah, it's, it's hard because we do let everyone in. And, and once you get married, it's not like you make your own family. It's, it's like you make a bigger family, you know, like when you get married and um, you think, oh, so I'm making my new family, which yes, you are. But here in Latin America, it's like, you're just making it bigger, dude. Like you're just taking more people to the party. We do need to learn boundaries for for relationships, for decision-making. But uh, it's interesting because, yeah, like anyone can come in and you you get a, a choice of, of knowing that your family is not just you and your husband and your kid. Like you, you get to choose your own family, not just your, your parents, but these close friends who, uh, yeah, like just text you like, hey, uh, I made pizza. Do you want to come over? And it's, it's like that every time. Just making people a part of our story in our everyday life. Like in a typical day, will you see your family? Will you see friends? Like how does that, how often is that? So in a yeah. typical, like with no COVID. <laughs> yes, yes. Um, for example, in my family, this is what we do. After church, we will, we will um, eat together, like with my parents and my brothers and sisters. If their in-laws live here, it would be like one Sunday with their in-laws, one Sunday with like my parents, you know? Um, so one and one, one and one. And then we have another day in the week. So like Sundays is, is not everything. We have another day in the week. So Thursdays is, is our day when we go to our mom's house, our, our parents' house. And my mom will cook for everyone. Like she cooks for, for all of us and serves all of us. And uh, we all get together and it's uh, just from like two to like five or six. And we just spend time together, eating together at the table and just sharing jokes or what's been going on in our family. So that's a lot, you know, if, if you think about it, it's like it's two times a week that you get to see your family. And then you've got your friends who you typically see on on weekends and then some of your girlfriends. Uh, it's a word here in, in, in Latin America. Um, so we put uh, like an ending to the to the days. Like if you say like little Mondays, like uh, lunesitos. So I have my little Mondays with my with my girls. Like I have my little Tuesdays that <laughs> I know it's not a thing um, in English, but it's like you have a word for your day with your friends. So every week you have your day with your friends, guys or girls or mixed. How many people are invited to that in your group of friends? 
It, it depends on how big you want to do it, but I've, I've had 25, 30, and I've had like seven, you know, I mean, it just, it depends. Okay. So this is, this is three gatherings a week already. We're up to that. Are there any more? I love this, by the way. Well, if, if you're part of a small group, that's like, that's every week too. So that's another, another thing. So you have your small group who is like your people who you choose to do life with, like intentional to grow spiritually. I love it. Right. It's a lot. But like, how does that feel to you? Like, let's talk about the, the positive repercussions of that. So funerals, weddings, like suffering, like when, when you go through something, what does that look like together? Like if, if something tragic happens in your life or, or someone you love, what happens to the community around you? Oh, everyone goes like, even now in COVID with, I've, I've been to, to my friends, uh, funerals or, or parents funerals. We know we're, we're supposed to be there. Like we need to be there. We weren't supposed to hug each other, but you know, we're Latinos. So we, we're huggers, we're kissers. And we're like, uh, I know I can do this, but I'm going to hug you. And it was like this deep hugs where you felt that you were serving the other people who, the other person who's suffering just with a hug, you know, it's, it's that powerful, like a hug is powerful. And then weddings are, are big and birthdays are even funner. I think it's, 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 it's just better to do life with other people. It's, it's energizing. And yeah, sometimes it's tiring because, oh my gosh, we will end up in, until like, you know, two, three in the morning. And it's like, okay, so we need to, to leave. Right. And you're like, yeah, because you will, you will never ask someone to leave your house. You're like, until, you know, until they want to go. So it's like, you can end up talking with, with people or having kids over until it's late. And, and that's like, you know, that, that's how it goes. But um, in sadness and in happiness, we've found that it's just better when, when you're with people, it's better when, when you have a circle, it's better when you do it with, with, with other people. It's, it, mm. it's hard to, to see someone doing it alone. We even, we even feel like what's, what's wrong with him or what's wrong with her. I haven't heard about, about her for, for a while, you know? I want you to speak to us in America because it is totally different. People live in their, in their isolated homes and kind of have their jobs and they're busy with their kids and, they move away from their families and it's a whole different mentality. I mean, we were literally built upon the word independence. That's how we built our country. Yes. What would you say to us and be harsh, like sell it, sell a better way to us because I think we, we need some convincing. I don't think it's something as simple as, oh, we're busy. I think a lot of people don't want it. I think a lot of people are just kind of weary and they just want to watch TV at home at night and they don't want that many people in their life what would you say to them i would just say that you know we were built for community we were built to be out of our comfort zones i was just driving this these days and we have these butterflies that are coming all the way from canada and they they're going to morelia it's another city here in mexico and they are all just you know flying together and i was thinking about that this week like you know, we were meant to learn how to fly with other people around us. Like we were made 
to to fly and to find a way and and our path and and to do life with other people and not alone i would just invite you to get out of your comfort zone and just try it out and it might be uncomfortable and and yes sometimes it is and sometimes it's tiring but you know what your heart needs it and other people need it and we cannot see God, like physically, but we can see our neighbor and we can see our family and we can see our friends and we can love in a very tangible way every time we choose to like get out of our house and cross the the road and just go with our neighbor and say hi and just it's just so important because it it fills our hearts. It's part of our purpose. We were designed to do life together and you will find joy. Like I know at the beginning it will be hard. Maybe it will be, as I say, uncomfortable, but what it brings to your life later on, it's it's pure life, it's joy, it's energy, it's strength in the middle of, of the unknown. It's community, it's love, it's to find forgiveness, it's to find acceptance and to accept others it's worth it i think it's worth it you guys easter is right around the corner and jenny's five book series for children called the story of god is the absolute perfect gift you could get for your kids and the kids in your life for easter So we don't do this very often. We don't do free shipping codes, but we wanted to do this just for you guys, our podcast fam. Use the code podcast at T-H-E-O-L-A-B-Y.com. You can get free shipping on Jenny's children's book series called The Story of God that will help you have deep, meaningful conversations with your kiddos and tell them the story of God from creation all the way to heaven. In the back of every book is an experience guide. It will help you have conversations about things like sin, the Holy Spirit, things that often can be difficult to talk about. Jenny wants to equip you to have those conversations with your kids every single day. So head to theology.com and use the code podcast to get free shipping for this Easter. Easter.